1: And welcome back to the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm Corey Wright. And I'm
2: Adam Scalina, your sometimes host. How are you doing, Corey? Great. How are? Let's
1: ask more importantly, how are you doing? I believe you just got off a plane uh, from... I took a Mau- red eye. What was it, Maui were you at? Maui, yeah. Maui. Ma- oh. Kihei. Kihei, tough Pretty life. Pretty sleepy. Tough life.
2: You know what? I've been gone for 10 days. I feel refreshed, recharged. It was a long flight home. Yeah. Like you, you've got two kids, yeah, right? Four and six. Yeah. Four and six. Okay. So you're no stranger to this spring break, traveling spring break, the amount of kids on that flight and in every hotel and on the beach, like, it's kind of like you need a vacation from your vacation. <laughs> like it's a little, <laughs> it's intense.
1: I believe, there's it, a I lot believe of
2: it. There's a lot of kids. There's a lot of screaming, but it's good to be home. Welcome back. Hey, thanks. Just thanks. in time
1: for Multiple Offer Monday on some condo. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. Super fired up for today's show because we've got the mayor of Nanaimo on today. Yes. This is exciting. We've got Mayor Leonard Krogh, and uh, he's a phenomenal guy. He's been mayor since 2018. Prior to that, he was an MLA. He w- he's a lawyer by trade. Just an interesting guest to have on. We talk about everything about the future of the city in Nanaimo. We touched on it a little bit on this podcast, yeah.
1: but never quite so in depth. Well, I think one thing too is, is for people who listen to this podcast, they know we're very bullish on Vancouver Island and especially the NIMO area. And I think to have the mayor on today to talk about what's what's propelled that. And there's been a lot of really good press as of late in recent articles that came out on the Western Investor. And you can read online about development applications and you know the amount of development going on. They got their new OCP coming out. Nanaimo seems like they've, they've really hit their stride as of late. And they've got a great runway ahead of them, and there's a lot of excitement in the commercial real estate world and the development world about Nanaimo. So it was great to get Mayor Krogan today to talk all about what's going on over there. And also talks he's very passionate about the city, which is great to see as a leader. Right, where he's he's enthusiastic about it. He wants to grow that city. He's passionate about what he does. So, you mean, great mayor at the right time for Nanaimo, it sounds like. Well, it's interesting because we,
2: we've talked before on the show about how the pandemic was kind of the steroid injection into the secondary markets in BC, right? Yep. Yep. And now, like, the reason your idea to try and get him on the show, which which is a great idea, because you're looking at the OCP, right? Like, yep. you're, you're looking at this as... In opportunity, generally speaking, for commercial real estate investors to move into the area, correct, correct. And what what's exciting about the OCP
1: for you? Well, I think one thing too is if you if you've been to Nanaimo, especially of late, and and the mayor talks a little bit about it. You I mean the downtown core of Nanaimo? Maybe is a, I don't want to say it's behind its time is the wrong words, but now it's exciting, and right. they're looking to bring density into certain areas. I think it will really revive some of those some of those slower areas, and we just you know we had. Jacob Steiner on from Steiner Properties a few episodes ago, where he talked yep. all about their exciting project, downtown Nanaimo. So, I mean, to see that densification come in and to see that there's some sort of excitement from the private sector now about that densification and where they're looking to put it and expand on it, I think it's a great thing. And you know we're, we're extremely excited about it. from a, As a company standpoint, we're looking to have our office open there late 2022 or early 2023, we believe in that market so much. So, I think having the mayor on today to sort of touch base on some of those key points and the decision-making behind it, I think will give a lot of clarity to a lot of people that are reading into that.
2: Excellent. Well, we have a long conversation today. We basically leave no stones unturned. So uh, maybe we'll cut to our interview with Mayor Leonard Krogh. But before
1: that, a word from our sponsor. This podcast is presented by Impact Commercial. ca
2: okay so we're here with mayor leonard kroeg mayor of nanaimo how you doing mayor kroeg
0: excellent thank you it's spring the sun is shining and things are prospering in nanaimo
2: fantastic yeah it's a beautiful day here in vancouver as well
0: maybe just to start can you tell us a little bit about yourself I was elected mayor in 2018, October 22nd. I was the then-sitting member of the legislature for Nanaimo constituency and had spent a total of, uh, well, 18 years at that point uh, as a member of the legislature. But I'm a lawyer by profession, long time Nanaimo resident, born in the old hospital that no longer exists, and uh, raised in beautiful coombs before it became the ultimate tourist trap on Vancouver Island. (laughs) And... uh, and moved to an amateur article with a law firm that no longer exists called Stronger Tharman and Curry back in nineteen seventy nine and been here since married uh, two wonderful kids who are no longer kids thirty nine and thirty six who have done their duty, which is the only purpose of having children. they've produced five grandchildren
2: wow, <laughs> wow, that's fantastic and and uh i'm I'm just curious so so you have a long history as an m l a and and uh, obviously as as a lawyer. Why did you run for mayor in the first place?
0: Basically two reasons, and I I won't be coy about it. I had been a long-term member of the the governing party at that time in 2017 when we became government um, and had rather expected to sit at the cabinet table and wasn't invited to do so. And At that time, the city council, uh, not through any fault of the then mayor, I might add, was quite fractious to say the least and had hired a city manager who eventually got fired for various reasons. It was a tough time in Anamo, and a lot of my friends, left, right, and center politically, started saying, look, you know, would you consider coming home, so to speak, and running for mayor? And the voices got louder and louder, and at a certain point, you say to yourself, I didn't think I was contributing that much in Victoria anymore, and I had an opportunity here, people wanted me to come, and an election, and I'm bragging slightly here, with 74.4% of the vote, I think. Wow. Or 74.8% uh, percent of the vote indicated to me that people were sincere when they were asking. So here I am. It's a good council. They read the material. They're polite. They're sensible. And they care about their city. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful gig, as they say. <laughs> and uh, this is a wonderful town. It has everything to offer and all our growth figures and investment numbers, etc., confirm what I've said.
2: Well, we'd love to get into that, but maybe as kind of a launching point here, you started as the mayor about a year and a half before the pandemic hit. Um, Can we talk a little bit about how Nanaimo has changed over the pandemic?
0: It certainly threw all of us for a loop as it did everybody. But I think most of us on the island are very conscious of the fact that the ferry, which was often seen as a pain in the posterior having to leave the island, also became a wonderful barrier to transmitting the virus here onto the island. So, our numbers have actually been very good through the pandemic, but it had a dramatic impact on the delivery of city services. You know, our pools, our, our arenas, rinks obviously suffered enormously, our pro, those kinds of programs. We had to institute, you know, the the usual mandates that were provincially required for all our staff. And we saw a tremendous uptick in the use of our park system, which is a very good park system, I might add. It's uh, It's one of the best, I would argue, in the province. We have some beautiful parks here in town. Our waterfront walkway, I think it's fair to say, saw a lot of foot traffic, Westwood Lake, Bowen Park, And it uh, definitely impacted our downtown. The only people who were left on the streets, sadly, were those who were homeless, many of whom, like other cities in the province, suffer from mental health, addiction, trauma, and brain injury issues. It is the chronic and most serious problem, I think, facing every community in British Columbia. And we certainly had our fair share. And the absence of Citizens on the street only exacerbated its visibility and made it apparent to a whole bunch of folks. But you know what? We have come out of it very well in many respects. We've continued to see dramatic building, construction, expansion through this time. Some businesses have disappeared, obviously, but others have continued to open up. So we've done relatively well, and I think we're all grateful for that.
2: You know, when when I think about the pandemic, to many different markets in, in BC, I think about a lot of people leaving kind of the urban centers for either the suburban markets or for kind of the secondary markets throughout the province. In watching people, uh, a lot of, you know, anecdotally speaking and in thinking about a lot of our clients and and friends in, in Vancouver that have left for areas like Kelowna or the Okanagan or um, Victoria or Nanaimo. Have you noticed a, a real uptick in population growth and uh, a lot of new people coming to the community?
0: Absolutely. Nanaimo in the last five years saw a, I believe the a 10.7% overall increase in population, as according to stats can, 2016-2021. It comes as no surprise for those of us who are living here. The construction figures, the building permits, And certainly that phenomenon that you've described of people escaping urban British Columbia, in particular the lower mainland, not so much coming here from Victoria as they used to historically, you know, living in Victoria, retired, or Qualicum Beach, or Parksville or even Nanaimo, the trend was more from the lower mainland. We already had a certain number of people who were commuting, some daily by ferry, not a lot, but some daily by ferry, many people looking forward to the eventual arrival and launching of a uh, fast ferry, a foot passenger ferry downtown to downtown. But certainly people, I think, in the last few years have discovered us. Nanaimo has a lot to offer, and and my standard joke is that it's the job of every mayor to promote their community. The difference is when I sing Nanaimo's praises, unlike some other mayors, I'm telling the truth. (laughs) We have much to offer, and we do it within the context of a city that has In fairness, from a city governance and the cost perspective of delivering services, too much geography and too few people. We have roughly now 102,000 people, we believe. You could stick, you know, a couple of Vancouver's in here quite comfortably. And so what that means is it has implications for delivery of, you know, water, sewer, garbage pickup, everything. I mean, it just, it makes it more expensive than it could otherwise be. But our taxes are still quite reasonable, relatively speaking. And uh, you know, historic downtown, a regional hospital, Vancouver Island University that attracts students from roughly 90 different countries. An hour and a half here in the ski hill at Mount Washington. Generally speaking, uh, quite often the highest snowfall of any ski hill in British Columbia. Lovely waterfront. You know, I mean, it's it's here. It's just here.
1: Bear, one of the biggest reasons we wanted to, to bring you on today, as well, is there's been a lot of excitement in the commercial real estate world and the development world about Nanaimo. Recently, yeah. there was an article that came out in the Western Investor where they talked about, I believe it was 2019. There was about 445 million dollars worth of permits issued last year. Was 271 million dollars in permits issued, and this year, in this the first couple months, it was already 96 million. You talked a lot about what Nanaimo has to offer. Why is Nanaimo seem like it's taken such a huge swing upwards in the development community and the commercial real estate realm in the past couple of years? We know we, developers are looking for property there now that maybe once weren't before, but why, why now?
0: I think now is driven by a number of factors and some of them go back a little ways and they're international in scope. Clearly over the last few years in this province, generally in, in Canada, but in particularly in British Columbia, we have seen a lot of investment from, from China, from Hong Kong, people who are are looking for what I would call a generally safe haven or, or being able to keep one foot in North America and one, and one foot in the East. The cost of real estate in the Lower Mainland versus Nanaimo, the cost of real estate in Victoria as well, uh, quite prohibitive. Uh, the Port Authority in Vancouver, um, you know, doing their best, but they're pretty clogged. There are a lot of ships anchored off Nanaimo waiting to get into Vancouver. And so you're seeing a shift from vessels unloading in Vancouver to vessels unloading in Nanaimo and then barging the goods across. That's becoming a bit of a thing. We're doing that with Mercedes-Benz. They have a plant here in town. The cars are arriving by ship. They're being cleaned up and then shipped out of Nanaimo to various dealerships in Western Canada. That's a very good example of how that's working. Uh, and the other aspect of this, and, and any good business person appreciates this, your employees need places to live. Yeah. And most of us want the white picket fence, and I don't say that sarcastically. Uh, we don't have a white picket fence at our house, but you know the Krogs are a nice, happy suburban couple in Departure Bay. The possibility that you can have that is still quite real here in comparison to the Lower Mainland. And so, from an employment perspective, it's a lot easier to attract an employee to your business to work in whatever you're doing if they can afford what they see as their dream home or an affordable condo or whatever the case may be. And that's just a greater possibility here than it is in the Lower Mainland. Plus traffic, etc., etc. et cetera. So, it, it's not hard to understand why people are coming. And... You know, you you get to a certain point, I think, in any community's history, where people suddenly sort of wake up. I often say, and I don't mean this in a in a sexist way. I'll, I'll cross the genders here. You know, uh, you may have been the, the the pimple-faced kid or the wallflower in high school that nobody sort of noticed, and now you're 21 and your zits are gone, and and you look like an adult, and people go, oh, wow, they're they're fairly attractive. Well, that's kind of, I think, what Nanaimo has undergone we're not the poor cousin we're not the coal town with the coal town mentality and of course that's not welcomed by everyone in the community there are a lot of people who remember the good old quiet days when Nanaimo was downtown there were no malls you know a, a lot of folks used to make jokes about Nanaimo being mauled to death because we have Woodgrove North Nanaimo Town Center Country Club Brooks Landing which had a significant negative impact on the downtown which has worked hard at recovery. And so now we're we're seeing a community where our planning is, in a general way, based on the concept of, of nodes. In other words, we'll, we want the concentration around a wood grove, around a country club, around the hospital area, around the downtown, so that people can work and live in proximity to employment and services and goods without having to resort to the automobile.
1: Now, can we talk about the new OCP that you guys have been working hard yes. with? I know we've, I've had a chance to go through it, and from a commercial real estate standpoint and stuff like that, a lot of clients are now looking to acquire stuff in these areas where there's going to be increased density and stuff, even in the downtown core there. Can we talk a little bit about where that is and kind of what the vision behind that and what you foresee moving forward and how that OCP will roll itself out?
0: Yeah, certainly. Uh, look, we call it Reimagine Nanaimo, and it's basically our opportunity to to develop and shape the community for what we anticipate roughly the next 25 years. It's an integrated planning process that will ultimately lead to the creation of an updated official community plan a standard required by law and supporting a parks, recreation and culture plan, an active transportation plan, a climate action strategy, along with support for advancing strategies on economic development and water supply as well. It's been a pretty massive undertaking. The first phase was gathering the ideas. We were focusing on sharing information, listening to communities, a lot of pop-up tents, a number of counsellors. We were out there standing around waiting for or encouraging people to come up and tell us what they were thinking. The next phase, phase two, was exploring the options. It was focused on developing, discussing, evaluating potential options for how the community could achieve what we were starting to see as our shared vision. And then finally, it's developing the plans. And uh, that's where we are now. We're in the final phase. We're working on that. The draft that you have seen and referred to is a pretty massive document. I understand it's people joke about it. It's it's too big. It's too much. But it is extremely comprehensive. And it does, as I say, incorporate all of those other plans above and beyond an official community plan. and And that's one of the things we're at, it's supported by five goals: the donut framework. You know, we're, we're trying to create an economy here that is, is circular in nature and, and tries to work within an environmental limit and, if you will. From my perspective, it's, it's an encouraging, but um, I won't say complex, but certainly complicated to some extent document for people. So we'll see see what the, as the draft gets out there and we'll have a further round of commentary. You know, we we we're trying to recognize as I say that we're not the little town anymore that's not growing. I mean, we're one of the five fastest growing regions in Canada as I understand it from StatsCan. But, you know, we are looking at needing probably up to about 333 hectares of land for commercial activity to meet our demands by 2041. And there's currently more than enough commercially designated land to last to 2041 and beyond. But this is a challenge because we've got having too much commercial land can lead to it being spread out and contributing to the car nature uh, of, our, of our communities. And, and we're not actually doing it. industrial lands. We're going to need up to 727 hectares of developable lands for industrial activity to meet the demands by 2041. There isn't enough industrial designated land to last then. Institutional land. We're recognized that we've got some key institutional uses like our regional hospital, university that are continue to be strong drivers. And so we're going to need to talk about future planning for expansion of those facilities uh, and others who may wish to come here. Uh, you know, I, I think your, your audience appreciates that one of British Columbia's biggest exports until COVID hit was education.
1: Yeah. I mean, if
0: you think of education as an export in the sense that people send money to us Instead of buying our goods, they're paying for education. Uh, that's a significant driver. And with our university, as I say, you know, 90 different countries roughly who were sending their students here uh, for an education, that becomes a significant economic driver in the community. And the demand for housing, of course, goes up as as well.
1: You mentioned there the need for commercial space and stuff like that in the coming years and that stuff. I mean, can we talk about some of the major employers in Nanaimo, maybe for some of the listeners who may not be aware of some of the major employers? Because one thing I noticed when we look at from a, a real estate side of things, a surprising thing that I you know, didn't realize when we first started looking a few years ago is just how little office space there is. And from when office space does come available, it tends to lease pretty, pretty quickly. And there's not a lot of vacancy in a lot of the offices. So can we maybe touch base maybe on some of the, who the employment sectors are there that are thriving right now?
0: Well, certainly, I mean, and and this is not office space, I'll I'll start off with what is still, you know, regarded and seen and understood to be our largest industrial employer, which is HARMAC, named for Harvey Reginald McMillan, the pulp mill, which is owned partially by the workers who work there and has survived some very tough times to become a very significant, again, employer in our community. But we have insurance, Banking, legal, the tech sector's doing reasonably well here. Everybody wants tech, of course. I mean, that's standard, uh, but not everyone attracts it. We have a, a lot of home-based businesses here, people who are working in a happy home environment but doing it on their laptop, basically. We all know about that. That's the modern world. Us old farts who still think quill pens are useful, it's a very different world out there. We also have manufacturing plants like BMAC. They produce industrial compressors. Now, Garrett, they're not so much office space. But, you know, we've got uh, Myers-Norris Penny here. We have the malls require, obviously, a lot of staffing. In terms of uh, some corporate offices, we have a number of those that still relate to the forest industry. Notwithstanding that, you know, some wish to declare for, I think, Stupid reasons declare the forest industry. You know, yesterday's news. It's still a significant employer and a significant contributor to our economy. But uh, we are seen as the the hub, if you will, was the old name for the now. it was the hub city, and then it we it was graciously and gratefully changed by many the leadership of then Mayor Graham Roberts to the Harbor City, which has a very sweet uh, appeal to it. But we are still the entrance and gateway, uh, I would argue, to Vancouver Island. You know, if you come to Victoria, chances are you're going to stay in Victoria and that'll be your trip. You'll see Butchert's Gardens and you'll go home. Uh, when you come to Nanaimo, Nanaimo is a genuine port city. We are the port of Nanaimo. Uh, we're not a harbor city. Uh, we are a port, just like Vancouver is a port. And therefore, attracts that international traffic and is the, is the main drop-off export point for goods uh, from Vancouver Island, including forest products, etc. So that, again, uh, is a significant employer and means that we are that gateway, that entrance way to the island and will continue to be so.
2: In thinking about uh, the pandemic and um, real estate prices specifically, we've seen the market in Nanaimo, the residential market, do uh, quite a run in the past, uh, call it 18 months or two years. Can we talk a little bit about how the city is tackling affordability?
0: The good news is that a previous council some time back basically put in policies in place. If you're building a single family dwelling in Nanaimo now, and there obviously those numbers are not what they used to be, chances are roughly 70% of them will have the in- evitable mortgage helper now. That was encouraged. And so we have been able to densify through new construction and provide accommodation for people that otherwise wouldn't have been available. In terms of affordability, you know, there's arguments, and I appreciate all the arguments left, right, and center from people around what is driving up the cost of housing and what's going to make it affordable, but I don't think you can get past some of the basics, and that is supply. And in that sense, this council, if it meets our criteria, if it meets the and it doesn't you know it, it's how shall I say it's it's not ugly, there's a reasonable chance and a staff are recommending it, and we have very good staff here, although they're pressed very pressed, we're going to support it because we appreciate the desperate need for housing. I don't think a mayor should be getting a lot of people literally either phoning or writing. The mayor of a city and saying, Do you know of accommodation? And I get that. Not a lot, but I get it. And that tells me how desperate people are for accommodation. We certainly have, on the negative downside, you know, we estimate 600 homeless people, many of whom, frankly, require institutional care. So that's a different kettle of fish. But we require more seniors, subsidized housing, rental housing. And the good news is, if you take a drive around Nanaimo, you're going to see that construction being undertaken by the private sector in a significant way, plus the additional contributions of the province. We just opened a prefab, you know, the the steel container, throw it up quickly, nicely done though, through BC Housing. Uh, It'll house 62 people on Nickel Street, which is the main entrance, if you will, into Nanaimo from the south. Uh, so there's that kind of housing occurring. Um, significant expansion of seniors' housing at Buttertubs, 155 units there. We're seeing a subsidized housing construction unit to at the top of the hill near the Ferries or near Brecon Hill uh, in conjunction with United Church of Canada. Again, with through BC Housing. So we're doing what we can. And in addition, you know, we we're fairly good in taxation if you're building some multi-residential projects in the downtown core, et cetera. So we'll be as helpful as we reasonably can. We don't pretend to be Langford. Right. And and <laughs> I don't wish to insult Stu and, and the folks down there, but I think our city is a lot prettier. <laughs> 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 and, we're, and we're very proud of it. And the designs that are coming through from the private sector and the kind of projects uh, actually uh I think they they look wonderful and they're providing that housing. I said it at council, and I, I mentioned it this morning when I was at a, a ribbon cutting for a, a new business opening downtown that's been open, but they sort of had their official thing this morning with me. I said, you know, when my wife and I returned to town, so to speak, because we were off at university in Vancouver, et cetera, in 79, there were the two of us. And uh, we had been married for close to, uh, let me think about this, we had been married for six years at that point, And we put off having children quite deliberately. Then we had two kids. And those two kids, as I mentioned earlier, have produced five grandchildren. I think that's it, by the way. But so the two has become nine. And mercifully, they have all found and made lives here in this community with their spouses. So, you know, in the course of a little, uh, you know, over uh, 40 years, my family's gone from two to nine and they need a place to live. Then you add in all the folks who want to move here, for the many reasons that I've I've spoken about earlier in this, you have a demand. And uh, it's not being met, but people are working hard to meet it.
2: Another major issue that, that seems to be addressed in the OCP that we've talked about a lot just in the province over the last uh, 18 months to two years has been climate change. And and specifically, I mean, we had a a really challenging summer with forest fires kind of throughout the province and atmospheric rivers. And um, it's been a tough couple of years here in BC. Can you talk a little bit about how the community plan addresses climate change?
0: Well, I mean, to summarize what you were trying to say, I think uh, there's a a rather ugly joke going around. We went from a, a heat dome to a snow globe. So in Nanaimo, <laughs> right. we had a dramatic snowfall this winter. In In terms of addressing it, we are certainly making the environment one of our, our four strategic goals in the sense of trying to meet climate change, reduce our greenhouse gas emissions. One of the good news uh, stories is for the regional district of Nanaimo as a whole, and of which Nanaimo is you know, roughly two-thirds of the population, we are headed towards literally... 90% in terms of reducing our garbage, if you will. We have some excellent recycling programs here. The city has purchased a number of trucks that allow people to use big green bins and, and blue bins for recyclables, et cetera. So we are taking those steps. We've you know, banned the use of plastic bags, which wasn't popular with lots of folks because they didn't understand what we were doing but we knew it was necessary to do it. We have identified targets and updated our targets and actions to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and and including some policies for mitigation and adaptation because we're all going to have to do it. We certainly encourage people to plant trees. We have a tree planting program. We'll give you uh, money to to plant trees in your neighborhood and and your private property, uh, which is important for us. So I, I think we're taking steps. I think, you know, the reputation of the council as a whole, and I'm speaking in the broad political sense, is probably seen as fairly greeny, kind of lefty. But at the same time, I think, and the numbers that we've talked about prove it, we're certainly not seen as a place that's discouraging people from investing. And let's face it, investors come to make a dollar, uh, but they build things and they provide employment. And my campaign pitch basically hasn't changed. I want to live and help create a community where if you want, and not everybody does, and I get that, but where if you want, you can still afford to live within reason in comparison to other places. You can raise a family here if you want. You can get them a first-rate education here through our local school system and the university, and If they want, they can hopefully find and probably will find employment here that's attractive to them and they can do it all over again. You don't want to be the community that everybody left. And that historically has often been the case with smaller Canadian communities where there simply wasn't anything to keep your children at home or your grandchildren, arguably in my case. And I think that's what Nanaimo is becoming and becoming fairly quickly, a place, it's not a place to leave, it's a place to come to and it's a place to stay if you like all those things that I talked about and what's not to like. I mean, a few years ago, we were judged one of the top 10 dive destinations in the world for those folks who like to get underwater. So as I say, we, we, we have it here. And I think that's reflected, as you pointed out, in the 96 million in building permits in the first two years, as we're wrapping up a COVID epidemic,
2: I guess Mayor Krogh, in, in thinking about you know transitioning, like the growth of the city, the population of the city, and this this new plan, you know, you had spoken earlier about white picket fence and this idea of you know people want still wanting the white picket fence, but it it clearly sounds that like Nanaimo is going through a, a densification process uh, yes. as well. Can we talk about the efforts of of the city? to become more urban, progressive, walkable. And is that at the forefront of this plan, would you suggest?
0: Yes. I mean, if if you go through the plan in detail, it's what I talked about earlier. That I refer to it as the nodal concept. In other words, we are very happy to receive rezoning applications, whatever the case may be, development permit variances, so on, that support the nodal concept. In other words, we want you going up in those areas where we want it to go up and be densified. Uh, for instance, the council has just, uh, without going into details and boring your listeners, we approved an amendment to an official community plan for what is referred to as the Bowers District now. It's the, the current Green Thumb Nursery site, a long established, very successful nursery in our community. 32 hectares, I think, if, I'm, if my memory is correct, in North Nanaimo, which will be basically a, a little planned community. Lots of green space, lots of walkway, commercial development, some high-rises, townhouses, etc., where you can literally probably, if it's once it's built out, get all of your services in that community. In addition, we've moved the Sandstone Master Plan forward, which is a massive development including both commercial and industrial and residential space in the south part of Nanaimo, up against the border with the regional district, that incorporates all of those things. And we'll see, I think it's roughly 2,500 new residents over time. So it's those kinds of things. In addition, as part of that, if things go according to Royal world, First Nation, uh, who are playing a significant role in our community that was historically, as we all know in British Columbia, denied to them, are going to receive a significant chunk of land, which will enable them to provide housing for indigenous people in Nanaimo, who historically have been confined to one of the smallest reserves per capita of any First Nation in the province. So we are moving forward with reconciliation. Uh, We're moving forward with providing housing for everybody. And we face a certain resentment from some folks who, as I say and said earlier, one to an older, smaller, quiet and Nanaimo, but that older, smaller, quieter, and Nanaimo also meant you couldn't attract specialists here for medical purposes. You couldn't attract the goods and services that would and would and should be available, and you couldn't keep your families here in the same way.
2: Right. It's a it's a it's a it's a balancing act. I'm I'm sure. Yes. Maybe as a, a final question, in just thinking about your last three years as the mayor. What are you most excited about right now in the city currently? And also, is there a neighborhood or uh, an area or region that you're kind of really excited about right now?
0: Oh, that is a really, honestly, a very difficult question. I, I, a politician left almost speechless. There's a horrible <laughs> thought. Uh, look, I think for many of us who've been here a while, we really want to see the downtown prosper. And some improvements have been made. The city has purchased uh, what was referred to as the Hole. The old Gene Burn site is right in our main downtown intersection, which is Terminal Avenue and uh, Commercial Street. We're developing plans there that may well include a, a, a bus exchange for local transit, commercial, potentially residential we have a wonderful convention center downtown. We're seeing a new hotel go up right behind it, partially owned by Sunamik First Nation, which will make our uh, convention center much more viable. So I, I think it's fair to say that's where the excitement is. But, and I'm not going to beat around the bush on this because I use every opportunity I can to to encourage the provincial government and the federal government to some extent, we do have a homeless issue here. And by that, I think most people are referring to the mental health addictions, brain injury, and trauma crisis. And we need help. We don't deliver those services. We don't build that housing. We don't provide the counseling and supports. That's a provincial jurisdiction. And we need help there. But subject to that, as I say, historic downtown, lovely museum, and a military museum as well, which is quite unique in Western Canada and first-rate and well-regarded. We have lots of arts and culture. We have the beautiful Port Theatre. So I guess I'm saying the excitement is here. But the excitement is across the community. If you go up near the university, there's a certain amount of commercial development in the bottom of multi-residential buildings, which is allowing students to have accommodation and create a, a, a village, if you will, the university village concept. So there's, honestly, there's there's excitement everywhere. I uh, I think Nanaimo uh, was coming on to slowly, but much more rapidly now with the pace of growth that I talked about, uh, it was Coming to a, a wonderful stage. It's a it's a great time to be here, and I know some will say, "Oh God, I wish that guy would shut up and stop encouraging people to come." But I I I, I can't help but be honest about what I think is an exciting future for this city, and an exciting present. This is a great place to live. I'm delighted to be here. And being mayor of this city is is an honor and a privilege. I think any political office is, but it's particularly an honor and a privilege. And working with a a very dedicated staff who I think, and I don't want to get all maudlin here, love this city and love working for it.
2: As someone who's visited periodically over the last 25 years, I I have to agree with you. It's it's phenomenal how quickly the city seems to be changing. And uh, I'd say that Part of the reason we, we really enjoyed having you on the program is because we're excited about the area as well. So appreciate that. We also have a, a quick segment, uh, if you could stick around for that, uh, six questions just to get to know you better as a person. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> so the six pack is powered by our good friends over at Red Point Law for all your commercial legal needs. Visit them at redpointlaw.ca. All right, Mayor, we will give you an easy one to start. Favorite vacation spot when you find the time?
0: Oh, if it's out of province, it's just to go to a fly-and-flop in the Dominican Republic. If, oh, it's, in, if it's in the province, uh, my wife and I have often gone up to Penticton and hung around for Sunday to Thursday to avoid the heavy traffic and poked around the vineyards and gone to a place where nobody knows your name.
2: Very nice. Well, th- this might be another complicated one to ask or to answer, I should say. Favorite restaurant or bar? And you can pick a few if you want to plug them.
0: <laughs> well, the 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 second one is easy. It's the Nanaimo bar. <laughs> my my, I, I was going to say the Kroegs bar hopping days are over. <laughs> in in terms of of restaurants, you know, Nanaimo has a wonderful diverse community for its size. I mean, we're not as multicultural as Vancouver or Toronto. I get it, but boy. Bee feeders down on the waterfront, uh, Milano's, uh, Gina's, uh, the Modern, Mom Petit Choo, several Indian restaurants as well. I mean, I, I don't have a favorite, favorite restaurant. I honestly don't. I And I, I, it's not as bad as some people suggest, but I have a middle to prove that I enjoy my food and, and we're spoiled here in Nanaimo.
1: This next question here is going to really peel back the layers so we can get to know you favorite band or musician oh god i'm i'm
0: not that kind of person my my music tastes are incredibly eclectic (laughs) Uh, i mean i i I can play the 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 royal scots dragoons bagpipes in the car and a cd as well as Cher and abba and elton john so i seriously i am like my food taste in food it's like my taste in literature and reading i'm all over the place i've I'm, I'm I'm the guy who just wants to sample everything in the shop.
2: <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Do you have a favorite book you could recommend our listeners?
0: Well, I won't say it's a favorite book, but I've certainly been interested in reading. their three books, actually, by Yuval Harari. I've recommended them to everybody. Uh, he's the one who wrote Sapiens and then Homo Deus, Right. And then most recently, 21 Lessons for the 21st Century. I think he has some profound and interesting things to say. A few years ago, I was uh, very interested in reading The Return of History, a Canadian scholar, Métis PhD from the Prairies who uh, worked with the UN. Uh, these are books that I think speak to the the rapid changes in the way we live and society in general. On the literature side, look, I, I still take at least one Dickens on a holiday. Uh, if I go in, I love to just sit on a beach and have a few drinks and read and go for a swim and that suits me fine. But there's, you know, we have wonderful Canadian authors, you know, from Atwood and Shields and uh, all kinds of authors. I mean, we're just, we're, this country, I mean, I I, I don't want to go over the top here, but this country in my lifetime, and I'm going to be 69 next birthday, I think has gone through a real renaissance. I mean, I grew up in an era where Walter Gordon, the liberal federal, Finance Minister was worried about Canadian nationalism, this country disappearing. We have blossomed, whether it's literature or the arts, culture, you know, the diversity of this nation, the, the beacon we've become to the world in terms of a functioning multicultural democracy. We got it all, and it just so happens that if you come to Canada and you want a wonderful place to live, then I'm almost at the top of the list in my view.
1: Last question for you. Favorite movie?
0: Oh, golly. I do like a good comedy when I can get it. And I got to tell you, I think Planes, Trains, and Automobiles with oh, John Candy good was <laughs> fabulous. In terms of a favorite movie, you got to remember, you're talking to a guy who's seen a lot of movies. in his <laughs> <laughs> But like all, all males, and I say this with all due respect to the concept of sexism, I've watched the Godfather series several times. Oh, yeah, good one, good
2: one, nice, good nice, one. two good ones, and and we haven't had a John Candy uh, movie on this
1: podcast. yet, which is amazing. One great so. choice.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, where's their patriotism? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mayor, can you let us know maybe for all of our listeners everywhere they can find out more about you and all these great things that are going on in Nanaimo? Go to the
0: city of Nanaimo website. Pretty straightforward. And in terms of me, if they're interested in me, God forbid, they can Google me and you can also go to the legislative, BC legislative website and listen to all my old speeches if you're that fascinated and your life is that dull. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, Mayor, thank you. Thank you so much for your time today. We we really appreciate it. And we, and we just had... Mayor Stuart Young from Langford on just a couple episodes ago. So I think he might be a listener. So you might want to watch your inbox. There. Might, <laughs>
0: oh, might I, 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 expect it. I, I, I hear so much about Mary Young and, and uh, Langford from various folks who say, well, it's faster in Langford and I always say, well, you know, fast isn't necessarily better, is it? Yeah. So,
2: yeah. Speed before beauty, I think they say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or we'll say. Um, excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time. And uh, yeah, we really appreciate having you on the program.
0: A pleasure. Come anytime.
1: Great. Thank you so we much, Mayor. It. We appreciate it. Take care. There you have it, folks. Our interview with Mayor Leonard Krogh of Nanaimo.
2: Fantastic conversation with Mayor Krogh. Tons of useful takeaways. And I mean, I feel like it was funny. It was probably uh, 2020 or so when we had um, John Friesen, CEO of Mission Mission Group, Group on the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast, The Sister Show, and uh, he kind of talked about... Kelowna going through, like it was like a tipping point in yeah. Kelowna. Yeah. And he was saying that now they're, they've they reached this kind of momentum in the city. And it it feels like the NIMO is kind of getting to the same place, right? Where it's just like a lot of excitement around the downtown.
1: Yeah, I'd have to agree. You know, we touched base on the new OCP coming out. But I think one thing for, you know, for an OCP to come out is great. Right. But unless you get private sector money and all that stuff behind that OCP, it, just, it may never evolve. And right now from the development community, Commercial real estate community. There's a lot of excitement, a lot of spotlights on Nanaimo. There's been a lot of recent articles coming out talking about development in Nanaimo, and I, I think if we reference, like you mentioned there, John Friesen's episode with Kelowna, it feels like they're right in that same pocket right now. Right. And it seems like they're heading in the right direction to get that momentum they need, and they're talking about areas that they're going to look to rejuvenate, revitalize, and regentrify, which I think is is you mean right on point right now with what's happening over there. And we touch a little bit too about. I mean, the the growth of the business community over there, right? These people need jobs and there's jobs coming to Nanaimo now that maybe otherwise weren't there that I think is really going to spur and continue with that growth. What are
2: you hearing like in your networks? Cause you obviously work with a lot of high net people that are are in commercial real estate. You're seeing, feeling a lot of people kind of, a lot of, a lot of interest in the area?
1: I think one thing, too, is people, it's been harder and harder to sort of make money through commercial real estate in the lower mainland markets, mainly because the cap rates have become so low, which then, you know, take a much larger down payment to make work and cash flow. So people have been looking into these secondary and tertiary markets, and Anaimo is one of those markets right now with lack of inventory everywhere. You're getting a lot more people that are getting more creative when looking for investment opportunities. Right. And that's where we're seeing a lot of people from the mainland that maybe once didn't consider Nanaimo as one spot they would they would purchase in, now are considering that. And when you also look to the, who some of the building owners are in town now, some of the developers that are acquiring land in town, it's only a matter of time before that continued growth is going to go in the right direction. So getting into a smaller market like that right now, buying smart in that small market, I think you can you can't, you can't go wrong.
2: So high, high cap rates and a higher long cap rates
1: Higher cap rates, and you've got a long growth ahead of you where you're not buying things that are sort of have, you know, lease rates that are towards the top of the market. Right. You're talking about retail lease rates that are probably like in the low to mid-20s. So you still got that opportunity to grow those lease rates with time. as gentrification comes in and more bodies come in, commercial lags and follows, that creates jobs. So couldn't be a better time, I think, to get into Nanaimo.
2: So if someone's looking to invest in Nanaimo or any of the BC markets, Corey, how can they get in touch?
1: They can reach us anytime at our Vancouver office at 604-428-5255. They can visit our website, williamwright.ca, or they can send me an email anytime at cory at williamwright.ca. Always happy to talk real estate.
2: Fantastic. Well, have a great week, guys. And we're back with another exciting episode next week. Thanks for listening, guys.
0: Subscribe today.